Section 9 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding, Book 3 of Words, by John Locke. This is a LibriVox recording. Our LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christopher Boswell. Chapter 7 of Particles 1. Particles connect parts or whole sentences together. Besides words which are names of ideas in the mind, there are a great many others that are made use of to signify the connection that the mind gives to ideas or to propositions one with another. The mind, in communicating its thoughts to others, does not only need signs of the ideas it has then before it, but others also, to show or intimate some particular action of its own, at that time, relating to those ideas. This it does several ways, as is and is not, are the general marks of the mind, affirming or denying. But besides affirmation or negation, without which there is in words no truth or falsehood, the mind does, in declaring its sentiments to others, connect not only the parts of propositions, but whole sentences one to another with their several relations and dependencies to make a coherent discourse. 2. In right use of particles consists the art of well-speaking. The words whereby it signifies what connection it gives to the several affirmations and negations that it unites in one continued reasoning or narration are generally called particles. And it is in the right use of these that more particularly consists the clearness and beauty of a good style. To think well, it is not enough that a man has ideas clear and distinct in his thoughts, nor that he observes the agreement or disagreement of some of them, but he must think in train and observe the dependence of his thoughts and reasonings upon one another. And to express well such methodical and rational thoughts, he must have words to show what connection, restriction, distinction, opposition, emphasis, etc. he gives to each respective part of his discourse. To mistake in any of these is to puzzle instead of informing his hearer. And therefore it is that those words which are not truly by themselves the names of any ideas are of such consistent and indispensable use in language and do much contribute to men's well-expressing themselves. 3. They say what relation the mind gives to its own thoughts. This part of grammar has been perhaps as much neglected as some others over diligently cultivated. It is easy for men to write, one after another, of cases and genders, moods and tenses, gerunds and supines. In these and the like there has been great diligence used, and particles themselves in some languages have been, with great show of exactness, ranked into their several orders. But though prepositions and conjunctions, etc., are names well known in grammar, and the particles contained under them carefully ranked into their distinct subdivisions, yet he who would show the right use of particles and what significancy and force they have must take a little more pains, enter into his own thoughts, 
and observe nicely the several postures of his mind in discoursing. 4. They are all marks of some action or intimation of the mind. Neither is it enough for the explaining of these words to render them, as is usual in dictionaries, by words of another tongue which come nearest to their signification. For what is meant by them is commonly as hard to be understood in one as another language. They are all marks of some action or intimation of the mind, and therefore to understand them rightly, the several views, postures, stands, turns, limitations and exceptions, and several other thoughts of the mind, for which we have either none or very deficient names, are diligently to be studied. Of these is a great variety, much exceeding the number of particles that most languages have to express them by, and therefore it is not to be wondered that most of these particles have divers and sometimes almost opposite significations. In the Hebrew tongue there is a particle consisting of but one single letter, of which there are reckoned up, as I remember, seventy, I am sure above fifty, several significations. 5. Instance in but. But is a particle, none more familiar in our language. And he that says it's a discreditive conjunction and that it answers to said Latin or me in French thinks he has sufficiently explained it. But yet it seems to me to intimate several relations the mind gives to the several propositions or parts of them which it joins by this monosyllable. First, but to say no more. Here it intimates a stop of the mind in the course it was going before it came quite to the end of it. Secondly, I saw but two plants. Here it shows the mind limits the sense to what is expressed with a negation of all other. Thirdly, you pray, but it is not that God would bring you to the true religion. Fourthly, but that he would confirm you in your own. The first of these buts intimates a supposition in the mind of something otherwise than it should be. The latter shows that the mind makes a direct opposition between that and what goes before it. Fifthly, all animals have sense, but a dog is an animal. Here it signifies little more but that the latter proposition is joined to the former as the minor of a syllogism. Six. This matter of the use of particles but lightly touched here. To these, I doubt not, might be added a great many other significations of this particle, if it were my business to examine it in its full latitude, and consider it in all the places it is to be found. Which if one should do, I doubt whether in all those manners it is made use of. It would deserve the title of discreditive, which grammarians give to it. But I intend not here a full explication of this sort of signs. The instances I have given in this one may give occasion to reflect on their use and force in language and lead us into the contemplation of several actions of our minds in discoursing, which it has found a way to intimate to others by these particles, some whereof consistently, and others in certain constructions 
have the sense of a whole sentence contained in them. End of section 9. Recording by Christopher Boswell.